When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Welcome to the Money Answer Show with host Jordan Goodman. Whether you are starting out, deep into your retirement, or somewhere in between, the Money Answer Show has the know-how to help you. Now here's your host, Jordan Goodman. Welcome to the Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host, and my guest this hour is Adam Markell, who is the managing partner at Grandview Partners, which is a commercial real estate company. And this hour we're going to talk to you about how to put together a commercial real estate portfolio and how to invest in commercial real estate. Welcome to the show, Adam. Oh, thank you very much for having me, Jordan. Let's just start with a little bit of your background um, and how you got to where you are today in the commercial real estate business. Great, thank you. Uh, well, I've been an attorney. I've been practicing uh, since 1994 in New York and in New Jersey. And uh, my law firm has represented uh, high net worth uh, clients, lenders, and investors in commercial real estate transactions for in the last 14 years. Um, I'm also the founding member, as you, as you mentioned, of a uh, commercial real estate private equity firm, which is based in Colts Neck, New Jersey. And uh, the name of that company is Grandview Partners. And, um, you know, we, we spend a great deal of time these days developing small retail shopping centers, uh, primarily in the southeast. And um, we also uh, have an education component to our company, so we uh, travel around the country speaking uh, about commercial real estate, trying to provide some education, some insight, um, and really just giving folks um, you know, a sense of how they can be empowered uh, by the information that, that we possess. So we speak in, in the United States and Canada from time to time. And, and the, uh, the common view of real estate today is it's a complete disaster area, you know, that uh, uh, real estate values are falling very sharply, that mortgages are going under, particularly in the commercial real estate market. Um, what is wrong with that view? Well... I think, as as, uh, as is the case with um, with a lot of things at a lot of different times, um, when uh, when emotions go up, intelligence goes down. And um, I'm not saying that there aren't uh, uh, very wise people with uh, a lot of um, good experience to back up uh, some of the gloom and doom predictions. Uh, but the fact is, you can't throw the baby out with the bathwater. And just like anything. Um, in, in any market, uh, especially in a, in a market uh, such as the one we're, we're all living through, uh, there are uh, select opportunities. In fact, there are, we're seeing many more opportunities now than we were seeing uh, three or four years ago. Um, and what we do is we primarily try to create uh, or, or have a niche business uh, that, uh, that will thrive in the current market conditions. And then when, when I speak to people and they, you know, the first thing they say is, you know, again, uh, you know, mortgages are failing and foreclosure rates are at an all-time high and bankruptcies, etc. Uh, I try to, again, focus them on uh, finding a niche uh, within any area that they're interested in, and, uh, and they'll find opportunities in that niche. Let's just start a little bit with some of the basics of commercial real estate. Why don't you tell me what's the difference between commercial real estate and residential properties, both in what kind of things qualify for it and how they're different as investments? Um, well, well, first of all, just let's let me sort of give some examples of, of what uh, when we're talking about commercial real estate what we're actually talking about um, small retail shopping centers large shopping centers malls office buildings medical arts buildings for example parking garages storage facilities gas stations hotels uh, the list goes on and on um, the most notable difference I would say between commercial real estate and residential real estate is the component of cash flow 
uh, commercial real estate's a business all by itself, uh, separate and apart from from the land. Uh, there there are situations where uh, you know in a residential uh, setting, people will uh, you know rent rent uh, a house or rent a multifamily, but principally the difference is in cash flow. And when we talk about commercial real estate, we're talking about it from that perspective. So. Um I mean, some would say, you know, in today's environment where you do have bankruptcies and stores are closing and companies, I mean, Circuit City, for example, is, is liquidating. I mean, that doesn't shelter you from the storm particularly, that your commercial tenants can go under just as residential people are getting foreclosed upon. Without a doubt. And, and again, it, it kind of comes back to um, uh, what segment of the market you're, you're looking for your opportunities. And I think there's certainly some, some risk in the larger box retail centers where you see something like a Circuit City or a Best Buy or, or, or just any, any place where you find a large uh, retailer that uh, potentially could take uh, the center under um, by reason of its own failure. Uh, what we do is when we, when we invest in, in commercial projects, we typically uh, look at small retail projects, uh, generally between, any, between 10 and 30,000 square feet, um, where we're dealing primarily with what we consider essential tenants, uh, those being uh, national or large regional tenants that have very strong business models proven out over long periods of time um, that are, you know, I think it was back uh, when I was a kid, there were, you know, watches were, were said to be waterproof. And, and I, at some point, I'm dating myself a little bit here, uh, waterproof watch, watches uh, were referred to as water-resistant. And that, that term was no longer used. So I won't say that the tenants that we deal with or that we look to deal with are recession-proof by, by no means, and no one is. Um, but we believe they're recession-resistant in that they provide basic services, um, you know, $12 haircuts. Uh, you know, we, we deal with a national haircutting uh, outfit that, uh, that delivers a quality product at a reasonable price, and people still go get their haircuts. I mean, people that are on the, uh, they may be listening to the show that know me are, are giggling to themselves just because I am uh, follically challenged, as they say, and uh, so I'm not, uh, I'm not the one who's showing up for those haircuts, but, um, but between haircuts and cell phones and uh, getting your cup of coffee and, and some fast food and, and some other basic services, um, in in uh, in our markets, we pre- feel pretty strongly that that our retail tenants will survive the downturn. So you have been finding, in fact, as the economy has been going down, that uh, you you have not had bankruptcies of any of your tenants, and their sales are holding up pretty well, and the recession resistance is in fact happening in today's market. That's been our experience. Well, that's good to hear. <laughs> <laughs> we fortunately, I got to knock on wood when I say this, but none of our tenants have uh, have have gone. Uh, Gone into bankruptcy, and uh, and we're finding that they're all pretty strong. Uh, what are some other categories of tenants that you have that are recession resistant? Um, well, we will deal with uh, uh, with pharmacies. Um, we'll deal with uh, again, uh, you know, basic services. What we call essential tenants. Um, uh, we have a, a tenant in the southeast that um, is a combination kind of of a uh, tax preparer. Uh, insurance business, check cashing. Uh, again, these are things that, um, you know, no matter what's going on in the headlines, people still need those services, and, that, and they do well. Very good. Okay, um, so as an investor, uh, why is commercial real estate a more stable or better investment uh, than stocks or bonds or uh, even residential investment? 
Now, that's a great question. And, and whenever I'm at, and I'm asked that question frequently, and what I always say is this, it's, it's, it's not either or. It's both. It's um, for anyone to do well, in, 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 at least in my limited experience, <laughs> when it comes to my own investing, um, I've, I've made money, I've lost money, I've, I've been in, uh, an investor in, in, in many different things, and what I've, I've learned is that you have to be well-balanced. You have to have a balanced portfolio. It sounds, it sounds dull, uh, but it's exciting. You can make it exciting, uh, but what you don't want to do, in my view, and again, just speaking from my own perspective and, and no one else's, um, I don't want to put all of my eggs in one basket, so I don't have all my all my assets in stocks or bonds. And in fact, this year um, I've I've not been uh, immune any any more than anyone else has, and, and certainly seen uh, seen the statements come in month after month, and they they're uh, they're ugly at times. Um, but why I sleep at night is because it's just a small or a relatively small percentage of of my net worth. Um, real estate, residential has a place in there. Commercial real estate has. A and, there, and, and then I'm sure you've spoken with, with a number of other people and, and commodities and other things that, uh, that certainly uh, bear mention and, and should be a part of that portfolio. What I've found, though, and I think this is interesting, um, is that most people do not have any percentage, any exposure to uh, investments in commercial real estate at all. And, uh, and that, that, that's telling, I think. Uh, what are some of the myths that people have about investing in commercial real estate? I think principally there's just there there are two or three, but um, one that you need to have a lot of money to be able to invest uh, in commercial real estate, and two that you somehow have to have an engineering degree or that you have to have a lot of experience to be able to even understand the the, the transactions. And and why are those myths? Well, because it's it's our experience uh, in in what we do that um, there are ways to invest in commercial real estate that don't involve um, having uh, a fortune of money, uh, you can you know team investing is a great way to go, and we we can certainly talk about that further. Um, and you don't need to uh, um, be an expert, quote unquote. I mean, you'll you'll learn quite you know quickly that it's uh, there are some you know basic elements of commercial real estate, um, and uh, and there are plenty of experts and people that you can hire, and and we're we're big uh, proponents of creating a team. And when you invest as a member of a team, both from a financial standpoint and, and from the standpoint of your knowledge, uh, your, your mastermind, if you will, um, you can be very successful at it, and that's what we've seen. And so that's what you're offering at Grandview Partners, right, is basically where you as an individual investor don't have to be an expert in commercial real estate. You're, you're the one picking the, uh, the properties, and the investor is pretty much a passive investor. Is that correct? Exactly. I mean, they're they're really partners, and that's the way we, um, we 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 consider them because that in actuality that's what what they become. They become our partners in a project, and um, as you said, um, we have investors and, and partners that bring us uh, properties to look at, um, and we certainly do that as well. But we have a long track record with uh, with several developers that we feel comfortable with, and so we primarily try not to um, you know fix what. Uh, what ain't broke. Okay. Um, what are some of the important components to a successful commercial real estate transactions? Well, I think there are a lot of components that go into it, but, but primarily, and I, I think this is probably whether it's commercial real estate, um, and as I said, I've been a lawyer for a long time, and I've, again, from just uh, having represented a lot of people in a lot of different um, situations, um, the basic 
element of starting with your exit. Um, and by that I mean knowing at the beginning what your exit strategy is going to be. Um, the, the, my experience is that the, the, the cause of, of, uh, of a lack of success in any, in any form of investing that I've had anything to do with, including commercial real estate, is that um, a person doesn't uh, define very clearly at the beginning how they're going to get out of that investment um, and what the parameters are for them to achieve the, the result that they've set out to. Okay, we're going to go to a break. Uh, this is Jordan Goodman of The Money Answer Show, and my guest this hour is Adam Markell, uh, who is the managing partner at Grandview Partners in Colts Neck, New Jersey, an expert in commercial real estate. We'll be back after this. Up-to-date business and financial news. Call now and get the financial information you need. 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. The experts are here. Voice America Business Network. Jordan Goodman has created the Money Answers Network to put at his listeners' fingertips the very best personal finance products and services that he has found in his 30 years of research. If you have a money question, Jordan Goodman has a money answer. To find out more, go to www.moneyanswers.com. The Money Answers Network features top products and services in virtually every area of personal finance, car buying and leasing, college financing, credit debt, financial planning, investing, insurance, legal services, mortgages, retirement planning, wills, and more. Only businesses that have demonstrated excellence in both their products and services are invited to become members of the Money Answers Network. The public can sign up for membership in the Money Answers Network at no charge in order to be apprised of the latest useful resources. To learn more, visit www.moneyanswers.com. Get ahead with Money Answers. Have you found yourself overwhelmed or stalled, not getting the goals you dream of? Hear what the experts say about how you can break through solutions, systems, skills. Get your strategy on track and accelerate your business success. Join Linda Feinholz every Monday for The Spark Effect. Linda and her guests will show you and your team exactly how to grow your business further, faster, easier. The Spark Effect is heard every Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Network. There are so many challenges facing management today around the world. The New Management Network is here to provide practical insight and solutions for many of these challenges. Hosts Don and Bonnie Folk will explore topics designed to help you get the competitive upper hand, including organizational tools, personality and leadership, cutting-edge management tips, and much more. Join the New Management Network live every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Network. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Adam Markell, who is the managing partner at Grandview Partners in Colts Neck, New Jersey. Welcome back to the show, Adam. Thank you. Before we go further, why don't you just give people uh, your website and phone number where they can find out more about what you do. I appreciate that. Thank you. Um, you can contact us at grandviewpartners.us. Uh, grandviewpartners.us. You can contact us as well at uh, uh, 732-677-3700. 
um, and we can answer you know questions. Uh, tell you a little bit more about um, our education program, which we're very proud of. And you also have an eight seven seven number eight seven seven GVP three zero one three. Correct. <laughs> Jordan, thank you so much. Absolutely. Okay. So we're talking about commercial real estate and how this might be good for investors and so on. Tell me a little bit about the due diligence part of real estate, uh, you know, doing commercial real estate. What are the things that you look for uh, to make sure a property is going to be good to invest in? Okay. Um, thank you. It's um, very important at the, at the beginning of a project or when you're considering, let's just say when you're considering a project, uh, that you consider the track record of the, de- of the developer. Uh, that's one thing that is, I think, more important than anything else. Who you're going to partner with, you want to check them out uh, pretty thoroughly, um, including a developer's references, um, asset statements. Uh, we've called banks to check on uh, bank references. Um, and there's nothing, you know, to me more enjoyable than actually walking the site. So I'll go to, to visit a developer ostensibly to see where they work and how they work and uh, learn what I can from uh, from that meeting, but I like to go out and physically uh, put my feet on the uh, on the projects, the properties that they develop, and um, you know see whether they look to me as though they're they're, they're doing well. Uh, we also have accountants and attorneys that uh, that work for us that uh, will drill down on those numbers and uh, and and look uh, and look you know even behind the numbers at times. And we want to want to talk about the tenants. We want to see. Uh, the tenants that are physically in occupancy. We want to know that, they, um, that they're developing um, what we call a, 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 a tenant mix, uh, a healthy tenant mix. Um, and in looking at the tenants specifically, we want to obviously review the leases, check on the tenants' credit, see what we can learn about the, um, um, the staying power of that tenant. And we'll look at everything from the term of the lease, when, when it will come due, uh, maturity dates, and... Um, whether it's a triple net lease, and for for everybody, I'm not sure everybody. Yeah, why well, describe what that is? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, triple triple net lease means one where the tenant is paying their pro rata share of taxes, insurance, and maintenance costs for the building, and we won't get involved in any situation where we're not uh, going to be dealing with triple net uh, tenancies. So, uh, and the location. I mean, obviously, location is is very crucial. Um, the condition of the building, et cetera. Those are just a few of the things that uh, that we typically call due diligence items when looking at a new project. Now, you're, it sounds like you're looking mostly at developing new projects as opposed to buying existing malls of various types. Is that correct? Exactly. We um, we do a ground-up development. So when we start a project, typically it's um, it's an existing structure that will um, will be raised, scraped, and will come out of the ground uh New or uh, or on occasion, we'll develop a piece of land uh, that pr- presently doesn't have any improvements to it, and uh, and and come out of the ground that way. Um, I mean, some people would look at the current commercial real estate environment and say that we're overstored. We have too many gas stations, too many, you know, everything. There's just too much surplus capacity out there. Uh, are there any places where we don't have enough and and we need to build more? I, I think there are, and and again, it's it's being selective. Uh, of course, what we try to do is is only develop in, in what we call mature marketplaces. So it's a place where um, you're not building a um, a shopping center, for example, a, a small retail shopping center to service the needs of what you anticipate to be uh, new residents. Um, we'll develop in areas where the demographics support the services that that we're talking about, um, where there are 
rooftops, existing uh, houses, um, and and a population that would need the services we're talking about. And and those demographic studies are primarily what focuses our our firm on a particular area. Um, also, and I think this is important. When we go to a, um, because we don't, our, our development partners never build on spec, which is something that um, is a term that people learned recently in, in the residential area because um, developers would, would go into an area where they thought people would want to live, and they'd tie up land and get it approved for, uh, for building and then go from there, and then ultimately if the people didn't show up, um, they were left with houses and, and, and you know, debt service on the land, et cetera, which created this a part of the problem that, that we're all dealing with at the moment. But in commercial real estate, for us, we are tenant-driven. So literally the tenants will send us what we refer to as a dot map, for example. And that map has little dots on it in a particular area where the tenants say, we'd like to have new units. This is an area where we want to expand and we want to grow. So we'll literally go out into that marketplace where they tell us they want to be, and then based on demographics, based on traffic counts, based on um, whether we have a lighted corner and, and a lot of other uh, factors, uh, pinpoint an area where we think this is a, a center would do well. So we're trying not to basically um, you know, build something with the idea that we'll build it and they will come. We want to know that they'll come before we actually commit to build doing anything. So what you're saying is even in today's economy, which is a declining economy, there are still places that have not got stores that places want, companies, tenants want to expand into. Is that what you're saying? Without a doubt. And, and um, it, it, there's a certain common sense to this, but it, you know, there, there's, also, um, there's also a lot of fear that's, that's playing in the marketplace. Um, if, if there weren't new opportunities for commercial development, for uh, retailers of of all kinds, um, we'd really <laughs> we'd we'd have a lot more trouble than we're uh, than we're actually dealing with. Okay, so from the investment point of view, you always say that uh, you kind of plan your exit before you even enter. Uh, what are some of the uh, exit strategies uh, for commercial real estate investments? We apply two strategies principally: um, build and sell. So we develop a property from the ground up with the idea that when the tenants occupy, we'll give it to our commercial brokers to sell. And that typically is a, an 18 to 24-month process. The other strategy we'll employ, and again, we do this at the outset, is that we will develop a project to hold it for cash flow, for monthly cash flow. And, um, and as a rule, uh, we, won't, uh, we won't exit that property, that, that project, for approximately 10 years. So what has been happening to the prices of uh, good commercial real estate properties that are positive cash flow, you know, that everything's going right? Are those prices going up or down lately? Well, cap rates, we've seen cap rates go up, which uh, from our perspective is, is that it's created some softening in the price that would be paid by a, by a purchaser. Um, principally, the, the buyers for our centers have been uh, what we call 1031 exchange buyers, so not, not to get into the Internal Revenue Code, um, but it's a, uh, we have a situation where someone has sold a capital asset and will have tax consequences, and they use this uh, 1031 provision uh, in order to delay the tax consequences until a subsequent sale. So um, typically um, our brokers, and, and we use 
Marcus and Millichap primarily, uh, they'll bring us a 1031 buyer, and that's that market has been been strong. Um, but we've certainly seen uh, cap rates going up um, slowly, but they're they're moving in that direction, and that brings the prices down. Uh, but what we're also seeing is that quality centers are not um, if if you can't get the price that you want for a quality center, it just doesn't sell. You've got a good cash flow positive. Um, small retail shopping center with triple net, uh, long-term triple net leases to support the, the cash flow. People just aren't selling it, and that's, that's okay because that supports the market. Um, you do see other opportunities where um, poorly capitalized commercial centers or, com- or centers where a significant number of tenants have gone dark, uh, vacated, and the cash flow is then upside down. Those centers... Um, you're finding will either be sold at a discount or, in some cases, go into default and become properties that are controlled by the bank. And then, how does that affect the local market? If you have a struggling mall and it, it uh, you know, tenants are going under, how does that affect nearby uh, places, either their values or their business? It, it affects everybody. I mean, there's no question that the rising tide and and the and the um, and the converse will will affect everyone in some way. But a center does stand on its own merits. Uh, the fact that uh, a mile down the road we could have had a Circuit City that went dark and caused the the um, the particular center that it was located in to be um, to be not profitable or to uh, to default, etc., doesn't really impact us directly as long as it doesn't create some, um, you know, I guess, chain of events that, that somehow filtered down to us. I mean, as I said, we're, we're all connected, both on a, <laughs> on a personal level, on a, on a business level. We are, we are all connected in, in, a, uh, in, a, in a palpable way. But we're not seeing um, the, the large retail uh, defaults or some of, the, um, uh, some of these things that, that are making the papers affecting us at the moment, and we're not expecting to. If you're going to be building and then selling a, uh, a mall, um, kind of take me briefly through the process that, that one would do, do to uh, pull that off. Okay. Well, let's start with the, the for us, the, the dot map is the sort of the starting place where the tenant comes to us and says, look, and this is usually our anchor tenant uh, that'll say, we want to be, you know, on the corner of Main and Main, uh, you know, no more than a mile from this location or or this other retailer or this particular, uh, um, you know, uh, bank or, or, and we'll say, okay, we can get out into the into that um, into that area with our leasing agents and start knocking on doors. So typically, we'll we'll knock on uh, because the areas where we develop are mature, so there isn't a lot of vacant land available. We'll literally knock on doors and say, you know, we'd like to uh, consider a purchase of your property. And, uh, I, I remember in, we had a project in Tampa recently where uh, there was an old restaurant on the site, and uh, it looked like it had you know, gone through a period of decay, and, and probably they were running the restaurant for many, many years and just stopped you know, putting, putting much more money into it. And we knocked on their door, and initially the, uh, the, the owner was not, uh, was not keen on the idea, but we kept the conversation going and, and told them specifically what we could afford to pay based on what we knew to be the rents that we would receive from our anchor tenant and the inline tenants that would follow along uh, for that center. And so because we had a, a logical place to start, and it wasn't so much a negotiation as it was a, 
this is what is realistic for us under these circumstances. It resonated with this particular uh, seller, and we made were able to make that transaction happen, and then scrape the site. So, okay, Adam, we have to take a break. We have to break. I will be right back after this. Uh, this is Jordan Goodman of the Money Answer Show. Uh, my guest this hour is Adam Markell of uh, Grandview Partners. We'll be back after this. markets up or down or if you're looking to improve your portfolio our experts are ready to talk to you call now toll free 866-472-5790 that's 866-472-5790 voice america business network Jordan Goodman has created the Money Answers Network to put at his listeners' fingertips the very best personal finance products and services that he has found in his 30 years of research. If you have a money question, Jordan Goodman has a money answer. To find out more, go to www.moneyanswers.com. The Money Answers Network features top products and services in virtually every area of personal finance, car buying, and leasing, college financing, credit debt, financial planning, investing, insurance, legal services, mortgages, retirement planning, wills, and more. Only businesses that have demonstrated excellence in both their products and services are invited to become members of the Money Answers Network. The public can sign up for membership in the Money Answers Network at no charge in order to be apprised of the latest useful resources. To learn more, visit www.moneyanswers.com. Get ahead with Money Answers. Are you ready to grow your business? Listen for the Independent Business Owner Show with your coach, Rick Carrado. This entertaining talk radio program will bring you the tools to help increase your business. You'll learn sales success, time management, lead generation, business development, life balance, and much more. Rick Carrado is here to help you take your business to the next level. Listen for the Independent Business Owner Show, heard live every Monday morning at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Network. What are the do's and don'ts when it comes to solving personal foreclosure? With over 2,700 foreclosures daily, what can you do to ensure the housing crisis doesn't hit home? Tune in to Foreclosure Exposure Radio with host Carla Duglin. This show will give you steps you can immediately use to save your own home and credit. Face and conquer foreclosure issues before they affect you. Listen for Foreclosure Exposure Radio every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Network. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Hello, this is Jordan Goodman, your host. And my guest this hour is Adam Markell, who is the managing partner at Grandview Partners. His uh, website is grandviewpartners.us. A phone number to find out more about him is 877-GVP-3013. Welcome back to the show, Adam. Great. Thank you. Uh, we were talking about uh, when you build and, and uh, sell a, a, uh, shop, a small shopping mall. Just briefly kind of go through the, that process a little bit. Terrific. Um, well, start, let's start by saying that we'll never build on spec, and, and I want to make that point pretty clear because, again, I think... As you, <laughs> you could probably tell from my uh, having said it a couple of times already, that uh, this is a part of the cause for the problems that we're dealing with right now. Um, and so 
what we'll do before we ever consider moving dirt is make sure that we have letters of intent or have uh, a significant portion, and, and uh, for us, significant portion means at least 60% of the center pre-leased before we'll um, take down construction financing and move any dirt. So now, let, now let's kind of back up just a little bit. When we determine whether we're going to uh, be a develop and sell or a develop and hold strategy, um, in either event, we start with our due diligence. And that, that primarily consists of environmental uh, studies, um, looking at entitlements, knowing that what we can, what we want to build, <laughs> we're actually permitted to build, um, and uh, and again thinking in terms of the types of tenants that we'd be able to have in that center uh, to support what it is that we propose to do. Um, at that point, with the example I, I, I stated earlier, where we find a piece of property, whether it's uh, a current seller or it's a piece of land. We'll contract for the um, uh, to purchase that property, and we'll proceed to a closing. A- at that point, when we're closing, we're we're closing with bank financing. Uh, we've got our construction financing in place. Uh, we've got the center anywhere between sixty and seventy percent pre-leased uh, before we actually close, and then we literally um, close on the dirt and start uh, and start. Uh, you know what. The, the, the improvements to the property and the vertical construction, and six to eight months later, we're looking at a, you know, at a plain vanilla shell is, is what we call it. And, and in, in commercial terms, um, from, from our standpoint, we want to build in, in areas where we have a 12-month building cycle so that we don't get socked down with, uh, with bad weather, um, and typically um, uh, we can build year-round. And Are you that's, finding that it's more difficult to get the financing? You said, uh, you know, getting that financing with what's going on with the banks today. Is that more difficult to get than in the past? Well, what's happened is that for good projects, and the, the people that we, you know, we partner with developers, as I said earlier, that have proven track records. Uh, each of our developers right now, uh, we've got a developer we work with in the Carolinas, North uh, North Carolina, primarily based out of Raleigh. It's a company called Landcore Commercial, and. Uh, the principal at uh, Landcore is uh, Blaine East, and he's been uh, building shopping centers for 30-odd years. Um, and uh, our, our developer in, in Tampa happens to be uh, Blaine's brother, Clark, um, who's also been developing uh, properties for about 29 years. And uh, they have long track, rec- track records, and both track records in terms of building successful projects, but also in terms of banking relationships. So for them, because... Um, you know, they don't just build the box. It's one thing, and, and this is really, from my standpoint, what separates the, the you know, the, the, the wheat from the chaff, is it's one thing to build a box, it's another thing to fill it. And filling it is, is the tenants. And the tenants will only go to the sites that developers build because they have that track record of both developing a quality project uh, product and developing it on time. Uh, so those things all together uh, give us the ability to continue, uh, give our developers the ability to borrow at relationship rates from uh, traditional banking institutions. What's happened is that even those banking relationships um, have have resulted, uh, or, or as a result of the market, I should say, the amount of equity that the developers are required to put into the project has increased. So whereas we could have gotten a, a project finance total um, construction, land acquisition and construction costs of about 90% of the 
of that total cost. Uh, now it's in the 60, 65, and 70 area. So there's additional equity that needs to come in, and, and that's that's where our company uh, that's where our company fits in. So what kind of return on investment should investors expect uh, investing in your kinds of properties? Well, our, our internal rule is that we will not take on a commercial project unless the projection is a 30 percent uh, net ROI uh, with a guarantee um, a, a guarantee of 12 percent. Uh, which, and I say guarantee because it's uh, guaranteed by the developers themselves. Um, so the, the way that our projects work is we'll, we'll do the projections, we'll look at the, uh, what is anticipated to be the sale price at the end of the day, uh, what the total project costs are, and what our equity will be in that project. And if we cannot project a 30% return on investment, we won't, we won't get involved. So you're saying that inv- investors who are investing with you should expect a 30% return as well? Right. Anyone who becomes a partner, as I said, people that we say invest with us, but what ends up happening is that if we take on uh, a group of partners to do a particular project, we all stand uh, parry pursuit to one another. We're all in the same boat. So we will not take on a project, put our money in, uh, will not put anyone else's money in, and will not... Um, will not begin unless we can project a 30% minimum return on investment. And the developer guarantee of 12%, have you had times when, in fact, you had to call that guarantee and the developer did have to pay the 12%? We haven't had any time in which we've had to do that with our developers. It certainly it certainly does occur, which is why um, it is very important um, whether uh, whoever you're going to partner with, if someone is giving you a personal or a corporate guarantee, that you check to see the the financial standing of that guarantee. It, it, the guarantee needs to be worth the paper it's written on, in other words. Uh, and it's essential that your accountant look at their financial records, that um, that you do other uh, investigative work to be assured that the guarantee is meaningful. Otherwise, it's um, otherwise it won't do you any good. And has that helped uh, happened in the industry recently that there have been developer guarantees that have n- not been met because of uh, financial troubles? Well, it, it's kind of an interesting point, uh, Jordan, because uh, for a long time um, in in the industry, there were no uh, non-recourse loans that were given to develop uh, all kinds of properties, including commercial ones. And by non-recourse, what I mean is that the uh, there wasn't necessarily a personal guarantee that attached to the development to the to the loan or to the um, uh, to how the the deal was structured. Uh, so, if the deal was to go bad, um, the the party that's looking to collect uh, or receive payment is looking at a uh, an entity uh, of some kind that may or may not have the assets to support the payment. Uh, now, what's happening is that when you want to get commercial uh, financing, non recourse uh, non recourse loans are all but extinct because of what what's happened in the in the marketplace. Yes. Yes. Okay. Now, as far as we've got the basic idea of commercial real estate and how these things work. There are different ways of actually investing in commercial real estate. One would be a publicly traded real estate investment trust that has a commercial properties and may have shopping malls and apartment buildings and so on. And then there's what you're offering, which are private partnerships. What are the pros and cons of doing what you're doing as opposed to a publicly traded real estate investment trust? Well, it's very different in that when we develop a property where we're physically we physically own a particular project and that project becomes the opportunity itself 
So we'll create a, a team of, uh, of partners that um, we will work with from, from the beginning uh, of the project, from the moment when we close on our, our bank financing to the point in time when the property is sold. Um, and those individuals or their entities, depending on, on, on how they choose to um, become partners, physically or become the owners of the project. They're on the deed. They're in the, they're in the, the, they become the owners of the entity that physically owns the dirt and all of the improvements that are constructed on it. In a REIT uh, investment, uh, you are, you are not, uh, that's, that's not the way it's, it's established. It's not the way it's set up. You're, I believe you're purchasing or investing uh, dollars for units, um, much the same way you would in a, in a mutual fund, and um, that REIT may hold a basket of commercial properties, um, and there's a, a return that comes as a result of the success of the total blend or portfolio of, of real estate assets that are held by that, um, by that entity. So uh, one difference is liquidity. The REIT you can sell any time, whatever the price may be. Uh, what is liquidity involved in being involved with one of your partnerships? Well, when we create a partnership, um, the money, uh, what everybody's capital contribution, which is how it's termed, is in from the day when we start the project until the day that the project is completed. So um, the the liquidity issue is not it, it's there. There is no redemption, if you will, of money that you that you would put into the partnership for the development of that project. Uh, the capital contributions are repaid. The legal structure is such that uh, the capital contributions are paid first uh, before any other um, items are paid to the developer, let's say. Um, there's this guaranteed preferred return that's paid uh, after the capital contribution is paid, and then the profits are divided based on the prorated share of, of the project that the person is involved in. Um, and one other sort of basic and, and very important point there is that um, in some of these partnerships and, and why we structure ours a little bit differently, there are no capital calls. And I realize that if you're comparing um, our projects to a REIT, there wouldn't be a, uh, a capital call with a REIT as well. Um, but in our projects, typical in the industry, if the project for any reason is in, in need of additional funding, Based on that pro rata share of ownership that you have in the project, you'd be required to uh, support the additional capital that's necessary. And we yeah, good idea not to have a capital call, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> we do not have one. All right, I'm speaking with uh, Adam Markell, uh, who's the managing partner at Grandview Partners. Again, his website is grandviewpartners.us. Phone number to find out more about him is 877-GVP-3013. And we'll be back after this. the market's up or down, or if you're looking to improve your portfolio, our experts are ready to talk to you. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Network. 
Jordan Goodman has created the Money Answers Network to put at his listeners' fingertips the very best personal finance products and services that he has found in his 30 years of research. If you have a money question, Jordan Goodman has a money answer. To find out more, go to www.moneyanswers.com. The Money Answers Network features top products and services in virtually every area of personal finance, car buying, and leasing, college financing, credit debt, financial planning, investing, insurance, legal services, mortgages, retirement planning, wills, and more. Only businesses that have demonstrated excellence in both their products and services are invited to become members of the Money Answers Network. The public can sign up for membership in the Money Answers Network at no charge in order to be apprised of the latest useful resources. To learn more, visit www.moneyanswers.com. Get ahead with Money Answers. Think of the world 50 years ago. Now think of this same world and how it'll be 50 years from now. Did you know that if the world's population continues to grow at its current rate, our children and grandchildren will only have 25% of the resources per capita that our parents and grandparents had? We must preserve the foundation of a quality standard of living. That foundation starts with Go Green Radio. Join your host, Jill Buck, for Go Green Radio every Friday at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Voice America. Looking for a good time? We've got a show that will give you a wild ride. This show will make you feel good. And it's not even bad for you. You need your time to let loose. It's time for a feel-good party. Pull up to the computer, mix yourself a drink, and turn up the speakers. Happy Hour is here. Every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern. It's called the biggest radio show in the world. Hosted by international personality and pundit Michael DeMarco. You don't know what's coming next. The biggest radio show in the world on Voice America. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is Adam Markell, who's the managing partner at Grandview Partners, which is a real estate commercial, commercial real estate developer, uh, and they offer investments to people as well. Welcome back to the show, Adam. Thank you. A very simple question. Uh, to invest in one of your programs, uh, how much uh, is required? And what is the, the holding period typically? Well, again, typically we have two programs. One which would be the, the develop and sell program, which is um, where we take a, pro, uh, take a project out of the ground and look to sell it 18 to 24 months later. And the, the uh, projected capital uh, return on investment for those projects, as I said, we we will not get involved in a project where there isn't a at least the the, the prospect at the outset that the project will yield a thirty percent ROI. We also do develop and hold projects. We didn't discuss those much, but when we develop a a, a center to hold for cash flow, uh, those projects are uh, held for uh, lengths of per- uh, periods of time. And what we'll do is create a a uh, 24-month uh, holding period for our partners, uh, where they're paid the 12% uh, 12% on their money for that period of time, and then um, they they're no longer you know, they're repaid their capital contribution, um, and they're not in the project until the end. If they want to uh, be in a project uh, until it's uh, sold, then then they're typically in the develop and sell projects. And what is the typical amount of capital you need to, to participate in this? Well, we deal with, with um, uh, 
investors that that are um, uh, qualified under under certain uh, you know, scenario uh, certain uh, criteria that we look at. Um, and qualified investors typically invest anywhere between twenty-five and a hundred thousand dollars. Oh, so twenty-five is your minimum then. Twenty-five would be the minimum. Yes. Uh huh. Okay. Now you can also uh, put these uh, investments into IRAs. Briefly tell us about that. Well, it's it's interesting, um, and and most people, including uh, <laughs> including members of my own family, didn't know that you can self-direct your four hundred one k or your uh, your individual retirement account. And a self-directed IRA, in fact, there was some great articles in the, um, I believe, in the New York Times back in October, and we've got those on our website where, um, where you can read about types of investments that are um, applicable to a self-directed 401K or IRA. Um, we also use a company, and I'm not, I'm not going to make a, uh, a plug for them, but they, they do a, a really great job. There are a lot of companies out there who do this that act as a trustee uh, to actually uh, convert a, a traditional IRA into a self-directed one. Equity Trust Company is is the, the name of the company, and they have a, a great website, which anyone who's listening can check out. It's trustetc.com, trustetc.com, and it's very informative. And as I said, for a nominal fee, they act as a trustee to set up a self-directed IRA, and you can you can invest in a number of things. I mean, you can, you can invest in a stamp collection or in notes or in uh, commercial real estate or residential real estate, and there are some restrictions which apply, and you'd want to check that out. In okay. addition, um, our, our retirement specialist at our firm produced a, a CD-ROM entitled the IRA Repair Kit, and for anybody that would like to obtain that, you can contact us on uh, you know, at the number that you gave, 877-GVP3013, or you can uh, send us an email at Grandview Pot. Uh, go to our website and um, uh, send an email to us at um, info at grandviewpartners.us, and we can get you out of CD as well. We actually have a caller, uh, Mark from New York. You're on the line. Now, what is your question, Mark? Yeah, hi, Jordan. Fan of your show. How are you? Great. Thank you. Great. Yeah, hi, Adam. I've been listening to your uh, talk to commercial real estate. Very informative. Um, Question for you. Uh, I've invested in commercial real estate in the past and um, with, with a bunch of gentlemen who I, I guess are do business along a similar business line as you're involved in. And uh, they were mainly involved, as you are, in, in commercial in um, retail centers as well as buildings. And they're citing the difficult environment as a way to look towards uh, other asset classes for real estate. Now, I was wondering if your group is is strictly focused on uh, retail, or if you are considering um, other assets, given the the difficult uh, environment for for retail and for financing. You know that that's a that's a great question, um, and I think it, it it always makes sense to um, to take stock of the of the environment that we're in, just because what we're doing right now is working and that it's worked in the past doesn't mean it'll work in the future. And, um, and the fact is that no one, of course, has a crystal ball. So the answer to your question is we are looking at other asset classes, um, not because we're unhappy with what we're doing, certainly quite the contrary, but we feel like there are opportunities right now in, um, in multifamily, uh, multifamily apartment buildings. Um, we're looking at that. Um, we're also looking at some other things that uh, we're more in the investigative stages. We, we typically spend quite a lot of time vetting out both the developers um, and, the, and the, the types of uh, asset classes um, as, as well, and, 
and uh, but I, I think it, it without a doubt it, it makes a world of sense to be looking at, at a variety of different things in this environment in particular. Thanks for your question, Mark. Just briefly uh, tell us about the retail environment, Adam. I mean, we've heard a lot of stores closing, a lot of bankruptcies in that area. Do you see things getting better or worse, and how is that going to affect your investment outlook here in retail? Well, I think, you know, we could spend hours discussing that, and <laughs> we, we don't have hours. So what, what I'll say is this. Um, the, the U.S. population is, uh, I think, somewhere in the area of 300 million at the moment, and it's expected to grow to 440 million by the year 2040 which means that demand will continue to grow. And, and, and I've, I've been doing this long enough to have seen that, that there are cycles, and we're in a cycle, and at the moment uh, it is certainly a cycle that's giving people reason to uh, <laughs> cause to pause. So in any event, we're anticipating things are going to look better in 2010. We think the market will be continue to be choppy straight through 2009. Uh, obviously, the Christmas sales um, in uh, late late 08 were, were, were dismal. Uh, holiday sales were, were not good. And, um, and obviously, stores are closing. But we also expect things will turn around uh, toward the uh, fourth quarter of this year. And uh, 2010 is going to be a great year, and we're looking forward to it. We've got about two minutes to go. Let's just kind of recap some of the things we've talked about. First of all, can anybody become involved in commercial real estate? Without a doubt. And, and through your partnership, you can do that. Well, yes. I mean, whether it's with us or it's with uh, other other like-minded people uh, investing uh, or, or partnering as a team, uh, we think that the team concept, especially to take down commercial real estate opportunities, is a great way to go. And you're saying you can invest in commercial real estate even if you don't have a lot of money? If you, if you don't have a lot of money, but you certainly need to have uh, some, some experience, and, uh, and, and it's certainly, for, from our standpoint, we, we deal with seasoned investors, people that have uh, been around the block a time or two, are qualified, as I said earlier, uh, under some guidelines that, that we use to determine that. Um, but yes, the, the the, the, the overall concept is that anyone can invest in commercial real estate. And just briefly, again, we have about a minute to go. Tell us uh, if people are interested in finding out more about what you do at Grandview, how they can do that, your phone number, your website, and so on. Oh, that's great. Thank you. Um, well, they can contact us at, at uh, 877-GVP-3013. They can also send us an email at info at grandviewpartners.us. Um, we are going to be um, at, uh, speaking at several conferences over the next few months in the U.S. and Canada. And so if you look at our website, which is uh, Grandview, grandviewpartners.us, you'll be able to see where we'll be. And if we're near you, we'd love, to, we'd love to see you. And then there's something that we didn't talk much about, but I'll mention it very quickly, which is that we're very committed to education. So we have a program uh, where we help people, uh, we mentor them and coach them. So in the case of, let's say, someone that's not ready to invest in commercial real estate, either because of their financial background or their current situation, uh, we have a program where we mentor and we coach and we teach them the principles that we employ in our projects uh, that help help and have enabled us to be successful. And very we assist, assist them in getting it done. Terrific. Well, thanks so much, Adam. This has been very fascinating to get a look at uh, what's going on in commercial real estate. Again, you can find out more about Adam Markell's firm at grandviewpartners.us. Hope you enjoyed it, and we'll be back again next week. Thanks again, Adam. Thank you.
Thank you for joining Jordan Goodman and the Money Answer Show. If you have a question for Jordan, please visit his website at www.moneyanswers.com. And be sure to tune in every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time right here on Voice America Business. See you next week.